Hey everyone, welcome to Pivot, the podcast for women who've made intentional or unexpected changes in their life, but they're still winning. I am your host, Dr. Malika Turner, and I'm here with three wonderful women who are out there doing it. They are doing something for our black and brown children, and I brought them here together to have this conversation. As you know, back in September, I think it was, I shared a little bit of my personal feelings in relation to the George Floyd killing uh, and, and the shooting of others. I mean, we, we've just been through so much as a people, as a culture, and I just felt compelled to share how I felt and really compelled to do something and use my platform as a way to contribute to change, contribute to some conversations. And so last month we had three or four women came together and we talked about the conversations we've been having with our black and brown sons, how we're helping them to pivot during this time. And now we have this month, we have three women who are going to come and talk about the impact that they're having with our youth today, right? And so um, it's, it's interesting. We started out the year with, with the pandemic and, and people dying, and it's just been happening throughout this entire, what is this, 11 months, right? We're into November and we're having, there's so much happening right now. And now we're almost near the end of the month and we've, We've uh, elected a, a black woman, vice president. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Yes. Yes. Okay. So so, so it's ending. There, there's something happening here at the end. But I want to bring these women together. Let me just introduce them uh, to you. I have Denise Taylor, who is the founder of Kindness Counts Learning Center. She just opened her second location, which is located in the Harrisburg area. We're so delighted to have her back with us at Pivot. I have Lydia Robinson, who is the founder and director at Scene and Action Production Company, affectionately known as Snap. And I, I am, listen, I was on social media with her yesterday. She don't, probably don't even know, but I was watching the ribbon cutting as much as I possibly could <laughs> and so delighted because I know the work that she put into really introducing our black and brown children to the arts and now seeing her with her own location is just fantastic. Located in the Chestnut Hill area of Philadelphia. And I have Shayla Forrestal Gibson, who is a therapist at Purposefully Soaring Counseling Services, which is located in Harrisburg. And as you all know, if you've been listening, we had Candace Johnson, who is the founder of Purposefully Soaring Counseling, Counseling Service on uh, two, two episodes ago, I believe. And uh, Shayla is a licensed clinical social worker. I have all of these women here. We have converged to have a conversation about what we are doing, right? We, this is our second episode in our Do Something series and how we are impacting the black and brown community during this pivotal time in their lives. So ladies, let's talk. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh. So you know what? I, I, um, we're here together and, and, and there's just so much we can, we're going to unpack here. There's just so much, but what I want want to do is just, you know, as I'm thinking about, um, you know, one of the things that I found is that, you know, Black Americans have really died. They've died from coronavirus at a much higher rate uh, than other racial groups. We've learned this on ABC News. They've been victims of police brutality and, and killings at a disproportionate rate. And so what we're seeing here is that black men are being killed, being shot by police, police brutality, the whole nine. We're just seeing so many images on the television. Our kids are being exposed to so much news. And so surely this is impacting our young black and brown children, right? And youth, we, there's no, I mean, we can't get away from it. Uh, as I shared before, I have a 14-year-old who is constantly on TikTok and even TikTok, you know, there's all kind of news and information and images on TikTok. So they're they're being inundated with information and images constantly, that age group. But our young, our babies are still hearing. They're still hearing our conversations. They're still in the backseat of the car when we're driving and we're responding or reacting to things that we are hearing. And so I think that it's so important not to forget our children, right? And not to forget our young, our young adults and the kinds of ways that we can impact their lives through this time. So I'm going to start with, 
you know, I would love, love to start with um, Lydia. Lydia, you are really working in the arts with, you know, have introduced the arts to some young. Talk to us a little about what you do and then talk to us a little bit about the impact you're having on our, our young children during this time. Absolutely. Um, so I am the founder of Scene and Actions Productions Company, known as Snapco. Um, we like to put the snap. To I it. like it. Okay, Snapco. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and so basically, um, the whole um, point of this organization and me starting this organization is really to use the tools um, of the arts really to help mentor children, right? So um just wanting to be such an example in their lives especially during this time mm -hmm. um but just saying okay how can i do that how can i go about it without um me just speaking and talking um you know or just having a mentorship meeting what's a creative way to go about to meet with young children um in a way that we can discuss social issues we can discuss um some of the things that they face as children um and so the arts like i've you know i've been dancing i've been miming i'm right. for years and so i think this was a vision that god gave me um to go forth and to bring kids together through the arts, but also to have moments where we're able to um, sit down and discuss what's happening around us. And what if it's affecting you, how can we turn this into something creative? So let's create pieces around it. So a lot wow. of what we do through our organization is we use dance, we use creative theater, we use music, but we also ensure that whatever uh, production piece we put together has some type of um, social issue that we pinpoint and that we discuss creatively through the arts. Um, so a lot of things that's happening right now, we're able to have those conversations with our children. And um, we work with children ages three to 16. So the babies, wow. they don't really have much to say. Um, of course, they're oblivious. They're three, four, five. They're like, okay, whatever. Um, and yet some of them do are hearing what the parents are saying. They are hearing what their older siblings are saying. And so you can randomly just teach a class and then the student can ask, okay, why don't white people like me? You know what I mean? So wow. it's just like, oh, wow. okay, let's talk about it. Wow. So that's when we have the opportunity to say, okay, let's stop what we're doing and let's have a conversation around your question. Um, and so I just, I just love the fact that we're able to bring both the creative side and we're able to bring um, what's happening in the world um, together and we're able to create pieces. We're able to discuss and, um, you know, relate our emotions um, through what we do. And so- We've been doing this for, this is our eighth year now, um, and it's just been such a delight and um, just looking forward to continuing to do what we do and making a difference with the youth. I love that. And I think that when you're in a position like that, when you're in a situation where you are able to be creative, it opens up your comfort level, right? Yep. It opens yep. up the comfort level to be able to talk and to be able to ask these questions. And there has to be some level of trust there for you to be able to, and I think that that's probably a common thread with all of these uh, organizations. There has to be a, a level of trust there for a child to be able to feel comfortable to ask that question. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna come back to you. But one of the things that I've I've been I've found is that kids have definitely been impacted through education. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind that kids who graduated in 2020 will remember this. Uh, freshmen in college, 2020, they will remember this. But also we have young children who will remember when they couldn't go to school yeah. or when they had to wear a mask. So for them, it, maybe it wasn't COVID-19, but it was, remember when I had to wear a mask to school? And so, uh, Denise, tell us a little bit about what you're doing, but also how this is impacting uh, the children in your, your learning center and how you're able to have those conversations or maybe even impact the folks that work for you so that they can to kind of download to, the, to your children. Right. If I could uh, piggyback off of what she said a little bit, because yeah. a lot of my upbringing had to do with the creative arts. Yes. I went to Evan Graves, Evan Graves School of Performing Arts, you know, drama production, the whole nine. So I was immersed in arts. And honestly, 
I think that that's what kept me grounded with the situations that I had gone on as a child. So kudos to you. Um, but that also takes me back again to my first love because through Evelyn Graves, I had my first job at an early learning center. And um, that's where I, you know, developed my passion for early learners and, you know, really caring for the little ones. So, yes. you know, as far as I'm concerned, um, in my my portion in this, I look back to my mission, mm. which is to impact the community, have a positive impact on the community, um, and to hone in the children at this young age. I believe this is my impact. If I can love on them and nurture them and give that them that foundation from the start, then they will grow to be, you know, uh, humans that are, are are doing well in their communities and giving back and loving and being kind. So, you know, although they may not be able to say to me who the next president, you know, elected and, you know, uh, about this shooting or, or this riot or this, they can feel um they can feel, they can feel, they can right. feel the stress of their parents. They can feel the stress of whoever's in the household, mm -hmm. even us caring for them. They can feel the burden. So um, why I think we're important is because we can help drown out whatever negative feelings that they're getting by loving on them and uh, nurturing them and, and still um, intriguing their little minds, keeping them busy. So they don't have to worry about that. They come here to learn and to grow and to be loved and to be to share, to care, and all those beautiful things. And so, you know, I believe that if I start at this level, then by the time they get to snap, you know, <laughs> they have that foundational piece and then she's able to sow seeds, you know, into fertile ground and, you know, and then, you know, coming into purposefully soaring, they will be able to better express their feelings now that they have, you know, been nurtured and loved and, you know, been able to, um, Going into different ways to express how they're feeling through the creative arts, and now they're able to say, "I feel this way," you know, and, mm -hmm. and this is what's going on in my mind. So I, I love this. I love how you orchestrated this. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Well, and you know what? I love this. I'm writing. I'm taking some notes here, but I, I and I'm going to come back to that because. And I thought about that's funny that you said that because when Lydia was talking, I thought oh, this is probably like hitting Denise because I remember she was in Evelyn Graves. Um, but I think, you know, Shayla, I remember, you know, I work in higher education and one of the things that I do is as a vice president for assistant vice president for student affairs, we meet with our different offices in the division to talk through progress and how are our students and and our our counseling center is still popping. OK, it is still busy. Students still need assistance. They need someone to talk with. They it, it hasn't slowed down, and I say that because we admitted our freshmen to the campus this year, our freshmen, our first-year students, and some graduate students, right, but not the entire population of students. And so I find that we thought, well, since our numbers are low, right, that, you know, be a little different. No, there is still the need. Students still need someone to talk to, and in the face of what's happening, students, um, you know, in a hyperflex or a hybrid model of learning, it has really created some levels of anxiety and students really needing to counsel. So tell us a little bit about what you do, your specialization and how you're impacting students uh, during or young children, young people during this time. So um, again, thank you very much, first of all, for the opportunity to first just to be here and be able sure to talk thing. with these with all, these, all of you wonderful women. I mean, this is an honor indeed. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Let me just go in to say that, you know, one of the first thoughts that brought me to social work was that um, I remember thinking to myself that there were so many things that I would see in, in, not in my own life and in others where I was just like, how how is that fair? Um, mm. For example, my mother um, was, um, she is from another country. And so there was a lot of different situations where she was discriminated against. And then I would see different things in friends of mine where 
um, they couldn't do certain things, whether it was due to the neighborhood they lived in and it wasn't safe or the neighborhood that they lived in, um, they were isolated. And so my first thought was, you know, this is just not fair. And I kept on thinking that I remember my father saying, you know, there's going to be a time when things are not fair. The only thing you have to rely on is you and your own resilience. And he mm -hmm. said, if you take that one strand of strength, but begin to bind it with other things, such as other resources, other connections, other people in the community, you will bind that and you will enforce that strength. You will enforce that resilience. And I, I took that kernel of truth and claimed it as part of my mantra, which is I may not be able to improve your situation. I may not be able to help you leave out of your environment, but I may be able to help you improve your own inner strength. Mm. And so that's where I brought in the mindset of being with children because I truly believe children have a have already a core strength that they come in this world with and they have a resilience that they're not even aware of many, many times. And so part of being a counselor at Purposely Soaring is for me to support children in um, acknowledging and being aware that you have this strand of resilience already in you. The fact that you're here talking to me right now about the pain or the trauma, um, the isolation, the sadness, all these different things, and you're still able to look at me and still smile, you're still able to go out and face this world after you leave out of my office after 50 minutes, is a testimony to that fact. And, and that small amount of validation that comes with hearing someone else who, who doesn't necessarily know you, but already believes in you, mm. is such important uh, kernel and, and enforcer for many of our young women and young men of color right now, because they're told on the media, you're, you're, you know, they're, you're, you're not worth it. Your opinion is not worth it. You're not valid. Right. You know, whatever you're saying is not valid. What you're feeling is not valid. Why are you angry about this? This doesn't make any sense. Why are you angry about this stuff like that? Oh Lord. Support people and supporting them and understanding mm -hmm. you are aware of your own feelings. You're aware of your own situation and you are a testimony to your own strengths. And so it is okay that you're angry. It is okay that you, you know, you want to cry or you want to scream or you're having difficulties in processing everything that's going on because heck, I'm an adult. I'm having difficulties trying to figure right. it all out myself. Right. But support you in learning some ways to improve upon your resilience. That is a ripple effect. And it goes out into how we view things. So I, one of the things I, why I love art myself is because it is a perspective. My daughter draws all the time and I love the fact, I always say that to her. I love the way that you view different things because it gives me a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And so or hopefully, and when they, have, they come to see me, is I'm giving them another filter, another crayon, another tool, period to change their perspective, to color their perspective, to clarify and support them. And again, if that one kernel thing I keep telling them when they, before they leave is if I can support you in knowing that you are a testimony to your own strengths, then I've done at least a small part of my job. Hey everyone, Denise, Lydia, Shayla, they are here with us representing education, the arts, and the counseling area. And they are providing us with their stories of how they're impacting black and brown children today. This is our Do Something series. This is the second episode of Do Something. And I'm so delighted to have them here with us. So listen in. Let me tell you something, that was powerful. There was a few things in there that I was thinking to myself. First of all, your dad's, um, the, 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 this, the phrase of uh, the quote, if you have a strand of strength and you bind it with other things, like other resources, I'm like, you, you know, the whole idea of resilience and I, I chuckle inside because I just finished um, doing a, a video for some women that I work with on this idea of resilience, right? And so being able to not just bounce back, but bounce forward. And that every child has that, right? And so here's the thing, I wrote down the word outlet, as moms, as women, as women, right? If we get frustrated with something, we could kind of jump in our car and leave, 
right? We can yes. kind of jump in our car and go for a ride around the corner, <laughs> around the block, right? Or we can go to the mall and do a, and walk around, or we can get on the phone and call someone. So we, we as adults, we always have the ability to activate this outlet, to locate an outlet and use it to the fullest, right? Children, children, unless we introduce them to it, don't always have that outlet, right? You're like, if your kids are struggling with something, they don't always have the freedom to say, I'm just going to jump in the car and leave the house. Well, they can't do that, <laughs> right? But what, you'll, but what you find is that when we introduce our children with the arts, when we make it okay and give them that pathway to trust their educator, right, that they're with all day, right? They're with, they're with the educator all day. Um, when we say that it's okay, that therapy is okay, that counseling is okay, and that I'm not going to, um, I'm not the end all be all, that, that you know what? It's okay for you to talk to someone else and get some assistance and, and, and kind of talk through your issues. I think that it, it, um, it builds. I think these resources build our children. And so just talking with you all about that, that whole idea, I mean, we're just in such a time where our kids need an outlet. Mm -hmm. And that's so important. The environment. So I'd like you to talk a little bit about, and I'm going to let anybody who jumps in first jump in. How important is the environment that you create for the kids who come into your facilities? Like how important is your office or how important is, is that environment so that they... Um, I don't know. I, to me, it's like they're almost pivoting uh, like automatically. So when they're outside the doors and they might be going through something, when they walk into your environment, there's a switch that, that takes place. Talk to me a little bit about, talk to the Pivot family a little bit about the importance of environment. So I, I'll start with the, um, when I when I had my office, right now we are um, doing just the temple of therapy due to the COVID-19. Mm -hmm. um, but when I did have my office, one of the main things that I always supported um, any client, whether um, adult or children coming in, is letting them know that this is a space and a place for them to feel safe. And I would start off with a mantra saying, um, you know, welcome to this space and place where you are loved, you are worthy, you are cared for, you are safe, mm. and you being you, you are always enough. And, and then we would um, just take a moment, um, whether that was through a meditation, whether that was through just a moment to be able to absorb that transition of I am leaving where I was in my school or my um, my after school job or whatever the situation is. And now I'm in a space where I can just breathe and be me. That's why I uh, always wanted to encourage that. Um, environment, I feel, is important. Um, in a way of a mental environment, I think physical environment is also important. So obviously you have your, you know, your decor, your self-lighting, et cetera. But I think the mental environment is just so much more powerful. And especially now with what we are viewing, we want to support our children. I try to support our children in coming to a safe space of mind. Mm. So when you are having, um, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, you know, as at one point we were talking about TikTok. And so when they see all this stuff on social media, when they see all the stuff on different news outlets, I try to support them in saying, okay, but where are you today? What is your emotional temperature today? Mm -hmm. Let's bring you, not what, not only what you're observing, but your own personal unique space. And so it, the environment of mental safety is extremely important because it builds that rapport and it builds that trust and letting them know that in my space right now, um, while I'm doing therapy, for example, but if they are seeing any other support, that they are in a space of mental safety, non-judgment, non-bias. And that is important because again, we want to validate our children's place in this world, in this, in this time right now. So I only have 50 minutes with you. So in that time, I want to make sure that you've come in knowing that whatever you say, whether it's, you know, um, I'm mad about all the stuff that's going on on TV or, you know, I'm angry because I can't see my boyfriend today right. <laughs> because COVID told me I can't. Right, right, right. The safe space of basically feeling that you are a valid person and that you are able to utilize that reinforcement to be able to express yourself um, in a way that is um, hopefully 
beneficial to you and also supports me and then being effective with my own treatment and being able to focus on where you and I may need to meet so that I can continue to enforce your resilience and your strength. Nice. I'm going to piggyback off of what you said about the mantra. Like, I love that. Mm -hmm. We also have a mantra too. One of my staff members, she's also a therapist and she's a, a dance therapist as well. And so she created that as well. And so our favorite word is love. And so we constantly push that in our children that you have to love yourself and that you have to love each other. And um, it's something that we just drill into them. And when they come through the door, so I think with the arts, a lot of times um, our youth think competition. And oh. so they come in thinking that they have to outdo the next person. Wow. Um, but just continuing to let them know that we're welcoming to all levels mm -hmm. and there's no competition. We're going to learn together. No one has arrived. We're going to learn together. We're going to grow right. together. We're going to teach each other. And so we've just created that atmosphere um, for our children just to know that when you come through this door, it's, it's brotherly and sisterly love. We have more uh, girls than we do boys, um, but majority of it is females. But when we um, work with them in classes or when we go out and we do outreach programs, we constantly drill that in that we're going to work together no one is above anyone this is all together we're all going to learn something new and we're going to learn from each other um we allow our children to be a part of the creative process which i think is very key to um you know building that environment of trust um because they're like hey you're you're recognizing me um and what i can do in my capabilities um in my artistic form yes. um and so we just try to you know just really open that up and so um even at the end of our class with the mantra piece we say i love myself i love my neighbor and we say because i am loved and they have to like well we can't hug now because of covid but right right right, right, <laughs> right. limited um you know with some restrictions but you know, try to do things creatively um, to tell them that they are loved and to remind them that they are loved and that we are here to love them. And it does create such a, a safe space um, for our children to trust us and to talk with about things. I got our children, they'll come to class with attitudes. And I'm like, what's happening? And it's an attitude towards their parent. And it's because the parent might be a little bit frustrated about what's going on and the child's frustrated about mm -hmm. trying to tell the parent. But when they come here, they find it a safe place to say, my mom, she's not going to listen to me. So can I tell you what's going on? And we're able to talk to them, um, you know, one on one and then, you know, say, hey, mom, you know, this is this is what's happening. And the parent not really fully knowing because they're frustrated in their own. Right, <laughs> I right. Want nothing to do. I don't want nothing to do with her. Take her, take her. I'll see her later when I pick her up. <laughs> right. But, you know, just um, being that safe place for the children to say, I'm, this is stressing me out at school. And my parent is not understanding that. And they, they, they just don't get it. And so I'm coming to you. And so now we get to be kind of like that mediator to say, this is what your child is dealing with. You know, if it's something that, you know, they feel, if it's, you know, something that they just want to confide in us, or they don't mind that we also talk to their parents. Um, but a lot of times it's just, you know, we're able to go to the parent and say, she's just frustrated. She's having some issues at school. Maybe you want to sit down and talk to her without you being frustrated. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, you know, being able to have that communication and, you know, and then the parents say, okay, thank you for letting me know, you know, thank you. Um, so it's just, I think environment is so important. I also think um, in, inside of the building, um, tangibly and being able visual, I think environment is also important having like fun colors. Um, so just moving into our new facility, like I decided to have like, you know, just fun colors. We're in a time where it just is so much happening that, you know, I didn't want to want anyone to come in the doors and feel dark and heavy. Um, so inviting, just having an atmosphere that's inviting and that's fun and say, hey, when you come in these doors, let's do it. We're going to move. We're going to have a good time. Express yourself, dance, act, whatever you want to do. Right. This is, your, this is your time. This is your zone. So I think that's so important that we build that environment, um, that safe place and that safe haven, like you mentioned, um, for our children because they're going to go find it somewhere else and it's, on the streets or something so i i know denise is probably going to jump in but i have to say and she will probably appreciate this you know when you walk in walmart you get no no shade to walmart but when you walk in walmart there is one feeling but when you walk in target with that bright red the bright red balls meeting you when before you even get in there 
You walk in and it's color, color, color. You just want to buy the whole store. <laughs> and so, of course, I'm not going to talk about the psychology behind colors, but I'm telling you there's something about the atmosphere that you create. Uh, Denise, I know you might want to jump in oh and talk a gosh. little bit about I that. <laughs> right now, so many things. So, one, okay, I'm going to go with the, the whole color thing. So I like a pop of color when it comes to childcare because when they're younger, they don't have a lot of language. So they have all these thoughts and things going. Mm-hmm. And honestly, in childcare, all of that, though, if it's like, popping and vibrant and doing too much, it can probably make them a little crazy. So I I like the Reggio Amelia approach, which is, um, you know, basic wood, white <laughs> colors with some pops of things, of course, on a wall, pop of right. red here, blue, orange, all those beautiful things. But yes, environment. So, you know, like, um, like my sister over here, if you... You, you know, your kids can come in and say, uh, I'm so irritated. My teacher, she gave me an exam today. Then my mom was yelling at me. We don't get that. We can't put that together for these kids. They're coming in crying, snotting, screaming, you know, right. yelling or just having random tantrums. And we're trying to figure it out, but they don't have those words. So, you know, we have to be loving and accepting and nurturing and, and just really ready to turn out the noise in our head and what's going on so we can calm them down because they may not say it, but they could feel that mom was running late for, for work and she just snatched the little jacket on them and said, get in the car, don't be quiet on that. Don't nothing. I'm listening to the news. I don't even know what's going on with the election. You know what I mean? And we saying all these things through the week and they're feeling all this. So they're coming in school like, I left my Spider-Man because my mommy had to <laughs> They're not saying that. They're just like, Spider-Man. <laughs> they're like, what's wrong? What happened, baby? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> goodness so you know we have to we have to filter through all that we have to sometimes touch into the therapist that we are not and just okay let's let's do some deep breathing (laughs) what what happened this morning what what did you do when you woke up are you forgetting anything like what you you just try to filter you know all of it so you know definitely having you know loving environment but also in our environment kindness counts Plug Kindness Counseling Learning Center. Yes. Um, you know, we, we we put a strong emphasis on being kind. Um, I wish somebody would have taught a certain um, individual kindness because they wouldn't be having the tantrums that they're having on national. Oh. Right. <laughs> right. We ain't going to go there, but we know. <laughs> we know. <laughs> kindness, it, it, it's a muscle. We got to work it out. So that's another thing that we teach our kids to be kind. Yeah. So, you know, could you imagine if they're loving and kind? If you raise a loving and kind generation, yes. Oh my, my goodness, gosh. ladies, like it's a, it's just amazing and it's it's humbling um, to to know that you know we have a part in doing that. That's wonderful. And, and does that is that the same for both facilities for you? There's an age difference for your second your is. second facility. So how yeah. does that? Um, I don't want to exclude that because I've seen the bright lights, honey. And I said, oh no, I know those babies aren't screaming. So tell us a little bit about the atmosphere there as well. So that that atmosphere is different and it's developing. So what's nice is we have a lot of young gentlemen there, mm. and my husband's helping me with that location and they just crave this man's attention all day long. Miss Marcella, Miss Marcella, Miss Marcella. It's like they just want him to see and do and be everything for them. And it's just like, wow. So in that arena, I am grateful because, you know, because a lot of them are boys, they're not going to say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling well. My teacher's irritating me. They might just kick back the computer and fold their arms. Mm. So you gotta, you know, hey man, what's up? Right. You all right. Right. You hungry? 
Right. I will don't push my desk like that. Right. Let me get you some. Let me get you some cereal. Let me get you some cereal. But I need you to come back on that. I need you to relax. So, all right. Break that computer. That's not gonna be good. Um. So yes. Yeah, so, so so we do deal with the older kids over there. I more so have experience in early learning. Yes. My husband. Um. You know, and all his education doctor and all that. Um. He definitely is instrumental in that piece because I I wanted to reach that population. I have you know a love for um, teenagers and young adults and things like that, but. Sometimes I'm 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 a little momish in that, so he can help me bring the education. Because I'm like, he's being disrespectful. No, thank you. Right. You know, <laughs> like, but he he can help me uh, in that area. So I'm loving both of it. I I don't get a chance to um, spend as much time as I would like to, but in the new year I will be able to. I'm in the process of training my director um, and establishing her at the early learning center. And then I can turn more of my focus over, you know, which she's, she's doing amazing. So I'm going to be able to do that soon. Great. Great. I I think, I think that we, um, and and I want to make sure I'm careful, but I, I really do think that it's a learn, this is a learning process for all of us. Right. So um, I work on in higher education, so I'm working with y'all doing all the pre work. Okay, <laughs> we all doing the pre work. All right, and then they, you know, if they go to college, they get on that at that age level. Then we work with them there, and that's a whole different. Um, th- that's just a whole different work. Yeah. Bottom line, because at that point, they're they're in their minds, they're adults. In my mind, I'm like, you just trying to be an adult, okay? <laughs> you ain't ready yet, okay? Um, so let me school you a little bit. But y'all I think this is for the part, y'all right? Y'all, you're, you're right. Y'all you're for the part. You're you're auditioning, okay? And so let me direct you a little bit. Um, but I think that I think that in all of what I'm hearing is there's this idea of love and there's this idea of building. And so I, I want to ask you, and I mean, you, you all don't have to, but you can jump in if it really grabs you, but how do you build black and brown uh, kids, students? Because that, that, that doesn't start on my level when I'm working with them as college students. That starts as babies. That starts as at, you know, at 10, 11. And, and so how are you building that, that, that self-love, self-pride, self you know, it's okay to be black in America today, or or how do you let them know in so many different creative ways um, that that it is okay and that we're gonna be okay, right? How do you build hope into into young people uh, during this? Really, it's a tumultuous time that we're living in, um, and I think every like you said, the three or four year olds might not be experiencing it yet, but they're hearing something, right? We're spirit beings, so spirit beings, so we can feel when stuff is off in the house. You know, you can feel when yeah, like very much so. We're we're like watching, you know, your kids are watching. TV, it's like what's going on? They're and they're young, but they're feeling something. So how are, how are we building that kind of? Um, just like you know kind of like what's in snap company self-love self-respect but also it's okay like we're gonna be okay it's okay to be black in america black and brown in america today um well i have to say one of the first things i did actually one of my first jobs um when i left college was working for um at a learning center um as well and i worked for a black couple And so one of the things that um, I learned very, very quickly is that children identify, of course, with what they can see. That's part of the early part of their development. So one of the things that I support some of my younger children on is just, first of all, identifying themselves in spaces and places of love and pride. So um, so for a lot of my um, my youngest that I am seeing currently is a nine year old at um, over at the practice. And the first thing that we talked about was um, I said, you, I said, you're, um, you're putting on a show about yourself. So tell me, you have to, I said, you're advertising for it. So we, we talked about what does it mean to advertise? You know what a commercial is, et cetera. And I said, so I want you to draw a picture and then I want you to pull in some other pictures of people that you see would identify or you could see with their expressions, um, kind of say how you're feeling. So, um, I would, 
what I support the children on is trying to see themselves in these positive places and in these positive situations. So not only seeing ourselves in, um, you know, that we're in school and we're happy students, but also seeing ourselves um, playing, you know, maybe, you know, playing a, a, a special sport, dancing and ballet. So trying to find some um, happy children um, black and brown children who are in ballet and they're dancing, um, finding happy black and brown children who have test tubes in their hand. And so um, I, I would I use that um, that artistic therapeutic approach and have them seeing themselves and identifying their own their own face in all these different positive spaces. And so that's where I start off with. And even with like my uh, when I used to do school based therapy. I used to have them come in and I had a poster that literally had pictures of black and brown children that had the happy, sad. So we, I think a lot of us have seen that, you know, I know Denise had probably in one of in her room where you tell the kids, okay, so which emotion are you feeling today? Which one? Go point to it. Um, but I would have um, black and brown children on my poster so they could literally go and point to someone who looks like them that says they're happy or looks like them that says they're sad. And so we were able to then, as they develop their vocabulary skills, um, be able to not only verbally express our emotions, but then also visually be able to identify what that looks like. And then we would start talking about what that feels like inside and how our emotions and our feelings connect to our physical being. So, um, you know, it was, it's, that's how I try to support building upon understanding of self and self-love seeing ourselves in many different situations because our media shows us in many negative situations and they shows us in all these other more um you know toxic situations or or in a very unflattering light both the children and the adults so i try to support them and helping them build that self-acceptance of and here's a beautiful young woman who's dancing in ballet here's a beautiful um here's a you know wonderful little boy um who is using a test tube and he's using his ruler to try to draw something or he's building with Legos, showing them that you just who you are is beautiful. And look how many things you can do just by seeing that other people who look just like you are doing these same things. I like that. Lydia, I saw you unmute. Yeah. Um, same thing as I'm just going to add on to that because the, the artistic part of it is um, is definitely therapeutic. Um, and so we are able to put that into to movement. We're able to pin the name of our organization. We call it scene in action, like the movie scene, because we're able to talk about those things and, and let's, let's, let's play on it. Let's make a, let's do a, a show about it. And so we recently did, I want to say maybe two years ago, we did a show called um, Life in Color. And it was specifically about that. It was about uh, we were teaching our children to love themselves, you know, no matter what color they are, but to love themselves as black and brown children. And we all look different as black and brown children. So sometimes yes. I'll have and I know like my niece, my nieces, um, they'll tend to say, oh, well, her hair is not like mine or she's lighter than me. And I get that a lot, especially with my, my darker complected uh, girls. Those, you know, they'll say something about the lighter or vice versa. And so I found that to be an issue. And I said, okay, this year is something that's coming to my attention where we're just focusing on each other's skin complexion. Let's talk about being proud of your own skin complexion. And how can we turn that into something artistic? So um, our production was about that uh, life and color. We talked about loving yourself. God made us all differently. If we all looked alike, that would be quite boring. <laughs> like we right. don't all have to look alike. So wow. we all have different complexions. We all have different um, skin tone, hair textures, um, but be proud of who you are, who God created you to be. And so just constantly putting that in their minds and also giving them like you did, uh, Shay, just different um, people who are like them, black and brown women who are like them and, and young men who are doing amazing things. And so when they get that visual of like, wow, she looks like me, you know, she looks like me, she has the same hair as me, or she has the same complexion as me. 
And once they're able to see that, it's just like there's a confidence booster. Like, okay, well, you know, I can I can be like that. There's someone right. out there who represents me. Right. And they're doing great. And so a lot of times we try to put those into our production. So we'll introduce them to a women of color or uh, people in the arts of color, um, like Judith Jameson and Misty Copeland and Debbie Island. And we'll put those in a production and we'll say, okay, this piece will be about Debbie Island. This piece will be about Misty Copeland. This piece will be about uh, whoever, you know, um, even uh, young men, actors and actresses and or whoever, but just putting that, that, that uh, visual out there for them to see yes. that there are people who look like you <laughs> who are doing phenomenal things. I actually had a young girl um, and it, it was all in the midst of doing this production. We would go out and we would work in the schools as well. And we would teach dance and theater in the schools. And I remember going to the school one day and we had one girl she was screaming, just screaming in the hallway. So I asked the counselor, I said, what happened? What's going on with her? And he said, well, she said, she said she tried to scrape her skin because she didn't like her skin complexion because she was a dark, dark complexion and she didn't like it. Hmm. And she tried to scrape off her skin. And I was telling her, I said, you know what? That just seemed to be an issue that year. I, I want to say this was 2018. I'm like, our children are, are, are not happy with themselves, you know? I don't know, you know, if it's something that they're seeing on TV. You know, we have social media, we have TV, so they see this image as this is what I should look like. Right. And so I was telling her, I said, well, you know what? I'm going to bring her to the play because this production piece that we're putting together is exactly about that. It's exactly about teaching her how to love herself, how to love her skin, how to love her hair. Everything about you is beautiful. And so just that constant reinforcement, that constant um, uh, self-awareness, I think that it's important um, that we have to just continue to pound that into our youth because what they see in social media is what they feel like is the it factor. Like, I have to look like this person. I have to be like this person. No, you don't. You are who you are. And accept, the, you know, just accept yourself. So it's very crucial that we do that, especially in this today's time. Yeah, I I think someone who grew up having that low self-esteem and, and looking at others and thinking they were prettier than me or they had better hair than I do or their eyes were lighter and so they must be better. And I, I think that in um, it was something I said to a student recently. I said, you know what, we've got to unlearn some things. And there are some things that, of course, because of the images that our young people see, but we really need to reinforce the opposite, right? The opposite of such that they are beautiful and that, and that they are not a mistake. And you know, you know how it is. It's like really, and, and what I love is that you all are doing is using your areas of expertise, right? To do that, whether that's through some conversation or 50 minutes of un interrupted time with them to speak into their lives or you know the time that you share with them as they're creating a production and then allowing them to be a part of creating the production right and so you know Denise I'm I, I didn't know if you wanted to share some things but I know that you know through what you're doing I'm sure there's times when you have to reinforce positivity to your young black and brown children Just in case you're wondering, this is episode 39 in our Do Something series where we have conversations with groups of women who are impacting the black and brown community in some way. And so this week we're talking to three amazing women who are having wonderful conversations, building up our black and brown children, Denise Taylor, Shayla Forrestal Gibson, and Lydia Robinson. And I hope you're enjoying this conversation with them. We're here at the home stretch, but I just appreciate the information that they're sharing, the stories and uh, the insight that they're giving us today. So here we go. Yeah, I, I would say um, a lot of positive affirmation, mm-hmm. you know, like, good job. Look at you. Wow. I love that. You know, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, to help them build self-esteem. Um, so 
I think that's that. That's the main thing. A lot of positive affirmation and verbal praises for um, the good jobs that they do, from going to the potty to painting a work of art. You know, whatever the case may be, letting them know that um, they're appreciated, they're loved, and um, how well they're doing. Well, you know, and I think we take for granted and we think that you know that's something that's the norm, and so that's not. They may not be the norm. Okay. You know, parents drop their kids off at what at either one of your facilities and they're like, oh, hey, how you doing? OK. Or they may just be like, thank you. Bye. You know, but whatever whatever interaction you have, um, we don't always see the true parent necessarily. Right. But the but the child sees the true parent. Right. They see what's happening at home. You know, if they're getting positive reinforcement, you can tell when a child comes into the environment. And, and some of the things they say about themselves, their view of the world, right? Their perspective, how they shape their thoughts, you know, you can tell. So what I love is that we are, there was a woman who was on, I think, CNN yesterday and she was in an, uh, she was in a biracial marriage um, and she was like in tears because she said, you know, finally there's someone up there on that platform that is like, like, in a interracial marriage, um, and I was reading again. Another woman was saying, uh, not only that they had named about being in a in an interracial marriage, but she's also a stepmom, right? And she's um, she's just like she's all mixed in with a lot of different culture, right? And she's at a HBCU, graduated from HBCU. She's a, in a sorority. I mean, there were so many different pieces about Kamala Harris that women are now saying, I can identify with that level, with that level. And, and, and little girls are saying, I can reach that level, right? I don't have to be perfect, this perfect look, this perfect person. I don't have to be in this particular box, but there's, there's, there's some possibilities there, right? And I think that that's really ultimately what we want to do. We want to share with our children, no matter what age, there's possibilities. And and this outlet is going to help hone in on that and help water the seed that's planted in you. And, and I'm going to help you to grow as, as much as possible, whether that's through education, whether that's through the arts, or whether that's through counseling. And I love that. I love that. So I, 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 I want to thank you all for just sharing. I think, um, I'm going to end with this question to all of you. Um, tell me one thing that you have learned from your children, from the, from the children that you, young, young adults, children, young adults, what's one thing that you have learned from them in your experience? Love is, love is boundless. Love truly has no limits. Love can be all forgiving. Love can be all encompassing um, love is boundless in its expression. And, um, I think if anything, my children have taught me that, um, for positive or sometimes, you know, even sometimes not so positive situations, love can truly, um, encompass in and, and bring in all of those healing factors, um, and all of those things that we, um, think we've either forgotten or we've lost sight of, um, you know, my, my last client that I had, who's a, who was a younger client, one of the things that she had said to me was when she first started seeing me was that, you know, um, I know my, my adoptive parents love me, um, but they don't look like her. And so she questioned how they could love her because my own parents that look like me don't. So how could they love her? And so we began a journey of what does, love feel like and what does love look like and we started identifying her own love um and again showing her and having her experience that her own intrinsic connection to her self-love to the emotion of of happiness and joy and contentment it brought and then from that the ripple effect was if i can find that love within myself and again, going back to that resilience and that enforcement of strengths, I combine that with the love within my family. And I combine that within the love of my community. And so even though my, for whatever reason, things didn't work out for, you know, this other situation, 
that love truly has bound me to my family in a way that now shows me that I am not only, not only am I loved and I like, I know, um, um, I, you know, we had talked about before, but that also, um, I'm worthy of love. And so that's probably the biggest thing I've taken away from all of my kids, um, little, um, adolescent, that love is boundless and it has no limits. And as long as we show them how to have that be a space of safety and expression and of positivity, um, with, with, with loving boundaries as well. That's also important. We have to make sure that they understand that while it's boundless, we wanted it to be, we still want it to be safe. So we want safe boundaries. And, but as much as possible, love is limitless. And, um, that has been probably one of the biggest eye-opening things, um, in seeing children. Nice. Okay. Love is limitless. Denise, what have your children taught you? Oh my goodness. They taught me a lot of things. Um, I'll just sum it up. They taught me about myself, (laughs) like, you know, um, about some, some things about myself that whether good or bad, Mm -hmm. you know, how to, how to go and grow through these things. And, um, and be a better person. So yeah, I would just say, good stuff. Lydia, what have your children taught you? Um, That's such a good question. I had to sit here and say, yeah, what did they teach me? Because I always say I do learn from them. Um, But when you really sit down and think about it, I have to say that um, living life fearlessly um, and having that childlike faith, you know, sometimes Mm. as adults, we get so caught up in, everything that we have to deal with, you know, what's going on in the world. And we allow that to um, hinder us from doing things that we have to do and moving forward. But then when you just watch a child, when you just sit and watch a child and just see how free they are, just, you know, they, of course they don't handle bills to play, so they can do whatever they want, but they just, <laughs> right, right. You know, they're just free. And they just, you know, it, it's, they're in a world where so much craziness happening, but they're living life and they're just enjoying themselves you know, to the best of their ability. And it's like, I have to learn how to do that sometimes. Yes. Um, so I think that's that's an awesome lesson um, just to learn how to live free, freely and, and fearlessly and, and move in life regardless of all the craziness, the craziness that's going on and having that childlike faith of just saying, okay, God got me. I'm all right. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I... I... I think it's important sometimes to evaluate that. You know, what what am I learning? I think I learn from my sons just about every day. One little lesson here or there. And so I just wanted to kind of put that question out there. I want to thank you. Oh, wait, Denise. I want to piggyback. Oh, yes. I like what she said because I think about uh, some of the girls in, in my class. Mm-hmm. Well, not in my class, but in like the preschool class. And, you know, we always say they live their absolute best life. Like, <laughs> will come in with tutus on and princess dresses and tiaras. And they're just, I mean, going with the wind fabulous. And you couldn't tell them anything. Right. And like, I want to live like that. I always say, I want to be you when I grow up. Just whatever. I am Snow White today. Those (laughs) dares hold me different. Like, I love it. Um, Because, you know, going back to how we talk about love and self-affirmation and Mm -hmm. all that stuff like that, I I think about this post that I've seen that it was so funny because I said, this is me. He said, somebody will be like, you look really cute today. And I'll be like, Merry Christmas. (laughs) <laughs> can't take a compliment like oh girl you're doing your thing it's like yep you too like, like an just awkward moment about my continence is just like oh wait what was, what was I supposed What's to say happening? right there so you know just just giving that to the children young um and because they hear enough unfortunately uh, the bad things you know right. like my generation, God bless them. Some of them, they don't mean bad by it, but they may be like, all right, ugly, have a good day. <laughs> no, it's so bad. So bad. But right. the parents don't mean that. They love them. But just hearing, you know, something else, cause that, that could put something negative in them. And you, you grow up and you can't accept a, a compliment. Right, right, right. <laughs> the right way or, or something like that. So definitely lots of love and 
um, positive affirmation, nurturing, um, being able to express themselves through the creative art, you know, arts, being able, you know, to know that seeing a therapist is not a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with it at all, you know, so just being exposed to that. Actually, uh, the funny purpose we soaring will be um, doing the session for my parents. Um, oh, nice. Or, you know, coping with COVID and, you know, um, how to navigate that with your children. So um, just introducing to in, introducing them to these concepts and um, these things early in life. Yeah. For sure. Very nice. I, I really do appreciate the perspectives today. I think this episode just was rich. We just had some, you know, amazing women who are doing the work. They are doing something, Pivot Family. And, you know, when you think about your children, sometimes our children get, I don't want to say left behind, but we're so busy hustling and bustling with our own businesses and our own nine to five jobs and our own goals and, and, um, I think about this scripture that talks about a good man, or I'll say a good man or woman, uh, but a good man leaves the, an inheritance for their children's children. Mm-hmm. And that, that says to me that there, if, if you're going to leave something for your children's children, there has to be a great investment. Mm-hmm. And there has to be yeah. an investment in our children. There has to be. We can't get so locked up with what we're going through that we forget about our children, right? And what we are living in front of them, what we're sharing in front of them, how we're using our words in front of them. Um, and that's not to say we're going to be perfect, but it, but it is going to say that we're making a concerted effort to provide our children with the best of who we are. And when we can't do that, we we go do like I do and ride around town. <laughs> Take a deep breath and come back. So you can have the best of me, okay? Um, But we do what we need to do and we provide ourselves an outlet so that we can give our kids the best. We take risks because we want to give our kids the best of the best, right? We step out on faith because we want to give our children. And so I really wanted to thank you, Shayla. I want to thank Lydia and Denise for coming on here to share about what they're doing to contribute to our young black and brown children, how you're helping them to pivot during this time of um, change, right? This is this is definitely a new step into a new territory, right? And so it's important for us to help our black and brown children navigate through this new place. So thank you so much for all of my guests. Thank you so much, Pivot Family, for listening. Don't forget to share the episode. Go to Apple Podcast and like, review, follow the whole nine. Go to Spotify and do the same. I pray that you have a fantastic day and thank you so much for your support. Mm-hmm.